ever seen so many men ask you if you wanted to dance Looking for a little romance Give out half a chance I have never seen that dress you're wearing All the highlights in your hair that catch your eye I have been blind Lady Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast, and we've got a very, very intelligent, bright, and special guest in the studio today as he looks around, David Veery, who is a volunteer financial mentor. David, hell of a tune there, mate. I asked you for your favorite song. We've ended up with your uh, your wedding tune. Correct. Yes, yeah. my wife will love that. Yeah, she'll be very impressed. <laughs> well, we've already got the uh, the wife on side. Uh, very, very quickly, so I'm sure we'll get the listeners on side too. Mate, I was keen to sit down today and talk to you about, firstly, you know, what you do exactly, and then also how you got into it. But um, from what I understand, helping out in the space for you, this has been about giving back from your years in finance. Correct, yep. Um, it's kind of a journey, and when it's saying what I do, it's actually what we do. Okay. There, are, there are a thousand financial mentors Really? In New Zealand, um, across 200 budget services. So we are, we are numerous, you know. There are a lot, of us, a lot of us doing this. A lot of people do this as a, as a job. It's not a well-paid job. So there's a lot of passion in what they do. There are a lot of volunteers who also participate and are all in that situation of basically giving back, who have had good lives, good jobs, Things have gone well, retired, um, some not retired, yeah. but in a position to say, can I make a difference to somebody else's life? And uh, all I look at it and say, well, I, I did have some financial skills, so I thought, well, the, probably the only thing that probably would suit me is, um, yeah. is, is something like a budget advisor stroke financial mentor. So some people do it and they're paid, and they're paid by the budget service who then they're allocated funding, I'd imagine, by donations, government, etc. You, but you volunteer, you give up your time for free. I volunteer, but I belong, I mean, I'm a volunteer with two services, North Harbour Budgeting and Auckland Central Budgeting. Now, we have both services have contracts with the Ministry of Social Development, so again, through the taxpayer money, yep. um, budget services are provided free of charge to anybody and everybody. So everyone's eligible to front up to one of the budget services, talk to a financial mentor and that is a so that is a funded program from our taxes so there's no excuse for a kiwi to not put their hand up apart from the fact we don't like it because it hurts our ego (laughs) and we've learned about that over the years but there's no excuse for kiwis not to put their hand up and say you know what i wouldn't mind a little bit of help in this space and one of the team would be able to help them absolutely absolutely and for instance there's a there's a contact center called Money Talks, and a lot of people will have heard of Money Talks, but essentially under FinCap, our national organisation, this contact centre, um, 0800 345 123, and somebody will pick up the phone, somebody will you know get a brief understanding of what your requirements are, and then triage you or put your name out to a budget service, hopefully in a somewhere close to where you're living, See. so that we can try and do a, hopefully we can do a face-to-face Meeting with yeah. that, COVID put up some special challenges because we couldn't meet. So, but again, the technology came in, and thank goodness for Teams and Zoom and things like that because we held many, many meetings 
Yeah, I bet. Doing, doing that way, or, or on the phone. Uh, yeah. For those that don't have the technology, we can just do a phone call and we can still, it's a little bit more difficult, but we can still put budgets together for people. We can still work with them, advocate for them, etc. as long as we kind of have all the facts at our fingertips. Yeah, I'd imagine that, what I often say is that, and even for clients of Next Advisory, I'll say that, you know, often making a decision to get help or to try and sort something out is just as rewarding as actually getting to the end outcome because you finally made that choice to, okay, I'm going to iron this this thing out. We admire our clients because we realise that that first step to put your hand out and say, could I please ask for some assistance? We realise that's a that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. We'd like people to know that because I think Am I going to get judged? I'm going to have to. I'll go in and I'm, oh, I've got some problems and I've got some debts. So I'm not. Spe- you know, I'm spending too much. I'm not earning enough. The first thing is we're not there to judge. We are not there to judge. Yeah. Uh, our our roles are there to help. I even say to people when we're talking about things. Look, if you don't tell me about all the things you spend your money on, this budget is a fiction. Okay. I said. I don't care that you take drugs. Well, I do care that you take drugs, but I, I'm not there to to be saying, well, make don't a judgment on you. I just said, I, for the purposes of your budget, I just need to know. Because unless I know what you're spending your money on, I can't start to even assist you to hopefully make some better choices, yeah. potentially, because at the end of the day... It's all about the choices our clients make. We, they can ask us, well, what do you think? I said, well, I can, I can let you know what I think. But at the end of the day, this is your choice. Yeah, It's your choice. I'm not going to direct you to do anything. It is your choice. Now, sometimes your choices, if you decide to go down a certain route, um, well, there's only going to be one outcome. Yeah. Um, you go down another route, there might be a couple of possible outcomes. So, again... That's where we're saying, I'm not there to absolutely direct you to do something. How many people would have some form of, um, I guess, maybe non-PC of the way I'm about to ask this, but basically some form of issue, and it could be a substance issue or uh, alcohol, drugs, etc., that that does play a, a role in you know, the, the amount that's going out of the bank account as well? Yeah, look... Um, that has been something where people say, oh, that it's bound to be something like that. Um, I'd have to say for the majority of our clients, it's not. If you want to call if you want to call the, the drug, is probably debt. Yeah. If you want to talk the about debt, a drug, yeah, yeah. it's debt, uh, rather than so it's a substance abuse or um, cigarettes or gambling. gambling. Or, now, I, yeah. look, I, I do. I've, I have client, had a classic case. I had a lady that I was working with... Um, Late last year, early this year, gambling issues. We'd got everything back on track. We had all the debts. We were getting everything repaid. Everything was looking good. Weekly cash flows that we were doing and thing. And then got an email. My car was stolen last night. And she says, oh, and I know that you'd said to me that, gosh, just make sure you've got insurance on that car because it's financed. Of course, I hadn't arranged the insurance. And then she signed off. And I hadn't heard from her, and it was only early this week. Two months later, finally made contact again to saying, "Oh, you know, would you? I, I know, I know you probably don't want to, but would you take me back?" And because of 
course I'll take you back. I mean, I've yeah. been I've been sending you emails and texts for the, the last two months to say, we're, please, Get please on. call me. You know, and yeah. that, so that was somebody with a gambling issue. I've got another another lady, and I've had s- several ladies where they you know they smoke one hundred and fifty, one hundred and eighty dollars a week on cigarettes. Now they make choices between cigarettes or food. Gotcha. And they're quite happy to, and they they quite happily to make that decision. I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather smoke than than eat. But no, generally, the majority of our clients, I'd say, the the big issue is is lack of income uh, and debt. And debt spiraled out of control. Debt spiraled out of control. Um, is there a feeling a, of of hopelessness for a lot of these people? Or oh, for for a lot, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some people live with it. Some people have lived for years and years and years with debt, and I, I don't know how they do it, but they manage to get by. That some then they get to a point where, uh, actually, it's it's overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me. I've had debts that have gone off to debt collection. The phone's ringing. It's an 0800 number. That'll be a debt collector. I'm behind on certain payments. Oh, I've started to get behind on rent. I've started to get behind on... Well, I'm not even able to put good food on the table. That's the point at which a lot will come to us. Yeah, We'd like them to come a lot earlier, but we realise for a lot of people it's the it's the emergency when, when that hits that they finally you know do come those that come earlier you find your your options are you you have more options as to as to how you can help yeah um look we're seeing that at the moment um with mortgage clients historically budget services didn't have many people with mortgages talking to them Mm. now you know that's in the years because for the last i don't know 10 12 years mortgage rates have been interest rates have been you know just down. tracking down, tracking down, tracking down, hitting the twos. Everyone's loving it. Gosh, we can. How big a mortgage can we have when it's a, got a two in front of it? <laughs> and now we're getting people saying, "I'm, I'm about to look at a reset on my mortgage, and it's going, it's going to have at least a six in front of it. Scary. It's going to have a six in front of it. So, we've now started to see people being proactive and coming and knocking on the door and saying, "Hey, what?" What are, what are the implications here? I mean, it's quite easy to do the implications, but I, even today I just went into sorted and said, gosh, you know, how did I, what did I end up with? I said, we'll put a $500,000 mortgage in there, 25 years, 2.5% weekly. Oh, you'd be paying $517 a yep. week for that. Uh, when you reset that in a f- couple of months, at six, if, it, if you're lucky, if it's 6.5, it'll be at $778. So that's going to be another $261 a week. Every week. Every week on your mortgage. You bump you know, you bump that up to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage and you're looking at an extra three hundred and ninety two dollars a week. Sheesh. You know, and that's a big chunk of after tax income, eh? After tax and you're correct. After yeah. tax income cash and you're saying, Okay, have you got that as extra cash? Do you need do you now need to start pruning back now on what your spending is? Yeah. Um can you bring in some extra? I mean, the first thing we always start with when we get somebody in with a budget, and you, you know, we we finally get the budget there. I mean, income, take off expenses. Look, hopefully we're balancing and maybe a little surplus. Uh, more often than not, no, we've got a deficit. You know, we're spending more than we earn. Okay, well, first things. Okay, can we increase income? That's you know, let's let's before we start slashing expenses. Is there some way we can increase income? Is it a 
Is it a part? Is it a part-time job over and above what you're doing? Um, are you for a person who's a beneficiary? Are you getting all the benefits that you might be eligible for? You know, need to ask that question. So, how can we boost boost the income before we have to start looking at what do we have to do to Take reduce away. expenses? Yeah, you know. But then it's okay. Well, we're getting the maximum income. Okay, and if we're still looking at a negative figure uh, on the budget. Remembering that a budget includes a whole lot, we call them, you know, the yearly annual expenses. Um, we do someone's budget. You know, we put in things, you know, you've got, you've got kids and family. Yep, okay, well, let's, you're going to have birthday, Christmas presents, realistically. True. Um, what, what else are we going to have? Um, you know, you're going to have school costs, you know, and there's going to be a school camp somewhere in there that we're going to have to look at. Um, anything that, that might be regarded as a, you know, as a genuine thing you're going to spend your money on what's you know what's your medical going to be this year don't know but we're going to have to put something in to cover it a lot of people don't do think about when they own a car and you're thinking oh you're gonna to have to put something in for something in for maintenance on the car you know set of car tires things like that so we try and cover off Everything. all possibilities in a budget now all i can ever say to people when i finish their budget are saying i've got more chance of winning lotto <laughs> than my budget being than this budget being Spot on, yeah. Because I've, we've had to make all sorts of assumptions and guesstimates for a lot of the yearly expenses that we don't know whether we're going to be spending on it or not. And then there's the and and we don't know anything about unexpecteds. You know, we can't build in every scenario. We'd be going into doomsday if we if we if we if we built in COVID or or floods into into every budget we ever did, you know, people they lose the will to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, we're looking like at that. a deficit forever. Yeah, going, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. That's right. So we can't cover everything off, but we've got to try and do all the reasonable things. But that's the same thing if we're assisting people with, um, you know, the KiwiSaver hardships, things like. that. All these are realistic expenses to go in. So again, you know, even putting in you know, birthday, Christmas presents, those sorts of things that go that go and say, yeah, they they're acceptable. You know, they they're, they're expenses that people will incur. How do um, people qualify for KiwiSaver hardship? Typically, okay. Well, typically they will they will be there because their budget, based on reason on reasonable expenses, is in a deficit. Now, the reasonable expenses will also include uh, your debt commitments. So if you've got a car loan, um, you've got a mortgage, you've got credit card debts, you've got buy now, pay later, all of those debts, they all go into the budget. They're all part of it. So they're not expenses you can, oh, I'm just not going to pay that. So they are um, realistic expenses uh, when we, and also if you're in arrears. So the classic thing is if we assist someone with a KiwiSaver hardship, we're typically looking for, we come up with a deficit. Most of the KiwiSaver schemes will, the supervisors will approve uh, 13 weeks of deficits. They do it in basically in quarter-year chunks and will cover uh, arrears. So if you've got debt arrears or rent arrears, those sorts of things, those will typically be covered by a KiwiSaver hardship withdrawal. I see. But you've got to apply for that, don't you? You do. You have to go through um, through all the KiwiSaver providers. They all have supervisors. Um, it's quite interesting. I I often I sort of jokingly say, particularly with the with the bank schemes, I said it's it's often more difficult to get your own money out of a KiwiSaver scheme than it is to actually borrow money from the bank. And it's actually your money you're getting out. Now now there are quite strict Rules. rules around around getting 
KiwiSaver out. David, everyone that's listening knows exactly what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? Well, it yeah. is, and it's saying, oh, gosh, and it's that, it's that time that they ask for a really in-depth, you know, look at the expenses, and you're going... You know, if these people were in trouble because of a, a might have been from a loan, a loan that you that you've been involved in, or a series of loans, one of which is a bank loan, and and you didn't ask this number of questions when that was approved. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, is it is part of it just that it's been so easy to get credit for? Like you've you know been in the game for a long time now. Do you think it's just been so easy to get credit across all these different platforms for maybe this last decade or even longer? that we've just gotten used to just taking on this debt and sort of, well, we'll just see what happens? Or, or is this just normal? Oh, I think I think we just have got used to um, to that sort of thing. I, I recall a number of years ago um, having some South African clients, and they got to New Zealand, and they said, I couldn't believe how easy it was to borrow money. Yeah. And it was a case of, yeah, I can see that because you're sitting in front of me and you've got <laughs> you've got two car loans, you've got four personal loans, you've got three credit cards, you've got all sorts of other things. Yes, it was very easy for you to get credit here relative to other countries. I look, I, I think most countries of the credit has probably been very easy to get, as particularly we've done the easing mm. and and the money's been flowing into the systems. Uh, our biggest thing is just making sure it's affordable, and that's you know where the the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act comes in is that we are passionate about affordability being at the, at the basically the centrepiece of any lending that's done. There's that the, whoever does that lending has to make sure, as best they can, with the right inquiries, that they should be lending that money to those individuals or those families. And unfortunately, we see an awful lot where there's very, very little um, work going into establishing affordability. Someone can walk into a car yard in South Auckland and it may not be, you know, your listeners may not be, you know, uh, in that sort of situation, but people who can't get credit anywhere will go into a South Auckland car yard and within two hours they'll have walked out with probably, a, it could be a thirty to $40,000 car. Shit. And then the... F- fun and game starts for us because then it's suddenly I've missed my rent, I've missed payments, I've done this, I've done that. The money should never have been lent in the first place. And it all starts with finance companies that uh, have car yard representatives as their agents. Um, And unfortunately, they don't always tell the truth about Uh, situations. So some of these car yards, for instance, they've got people working on the lot that are effectively finance people who they can figure out whether they'll be able to give the credit out or not. They they are employees of the car yard. Oh, they might just be on-site kind of thing. Oh, we well, they're, they're, they're employees and they're saying, you know, here's a lovely car, look, and I'm sure we can work the finance out for you. We'll assist you with the application. They actually write the application. Yeah. Um, get some get some information. They might um, they might try and get some, some bank statements through, uh, but typically we find that, or in, in many, many cases... The information is uh, is just rubbish. The person will be sitting there with, you know, they'll be there with a husband and wife and three children, and on the application that goes through to the finance company, oh, no dependents. Oh, really? You're going, <laughs> uh, pardon? No, yeah. de- well, no dependents. But you said there were three children. They said, well, we were there with our three children, you know, while we were signing signing the documents, and the documents, you know, came off their came yeah. off their printer, and and oh, did they explain those documents to you? No. 
oh, but that that's meant to happen. Well, they didn't do any. They just told us to initial these pages here that yeah, we'd had everything explained to them, and yeah, away we go. Typical one we were talking about this before, and and one of the things they had to pay for. Well, one of the things they paid for was the installation of an immobiliser, and then they pay a monthly rental on an immobiliser. So if they don't, you know, if they don't pay their make their payment on their uh, on their car loan, they 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 should in theory get a warning. Yeah, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And then they will get a very severe warning, we're going to turn your car off, so they'll decide, right, well, I'm not paying my rent today, I'm going to pay the finance company for um, mm. keeping my car going, rather than food on the table or, or my yeah. rent. Because it's interesting, like, you know, I'm a massive advocate of you know, personal responsibility and trying to figure your stuff out and stuff. And that, I mean, that's all good and well when you kind of, you know, you, you sort some of your things out and you can start doing that right. But... I guess the danger for, you know, someone who is not as as lucky, uh, let's say, as someone like myself, where they might have their car immobilised, but then that leads to the kids not going to school, for instance, and then the kids are then truant from school, and then they might be getting into things that they shouldn't be doing, and then we create problems over there, right? So I think sometimes it might be easy for, you know, even myself and some of the listeners to think, well, Fuck, they should know better when they're signing up for a car like that with an immobiliser. But at the same time, well, they they tend to be de- they're also desperate. Yeah, they're also desperate, and they go in and and somebody makes out that they're their friend. Oh, I see. Oh, look, we can look. Oh, we'll we look can we can you. help you out. We can help you out. Don't worry. Look, I know your credit's not great, but we'll do whatever we can to help you to do this. And of course, that comes down. As I said. They walk out with a forty thousand dollar car. Now the car's not worth worth forty thousand. No. The car would be probably if were, if they had the cash and it was on trade me, it might be twenty, wow. at best. Yeah. Um, twenty thousand. They also end up with a whole bunch of add-ons. They call, we call them add-ons, and it's it's the the, the immobiliser which they have to pay to have you know installed. So they, they end up with these insurance products, which are most of which are totally useless. Both the Commerce Commission and Christians Against Poverty have both done very, very good um, papers on add-on insurance for motor vehicles. And it's just they're just useless. But again, classic example, could be up to $6,000 of extras yeah. on top of, you know, I had a client had $30,000 car. When we looked on Trade Me, it was it was seventeen. Then he had $6,000 of, of extras, which he, which is insurance products, which they pay for up front. So that's part of the financing. $36,000. Um, over the course of the three years, he pays back $54,000 if he, if he takes the contract all the way through. So $17,000 car over the course of three years will cost him $54,000. And that's just a standard example. That's just well, standard. And it's good because I think a lot of people would be thinking, oh, well, I'm like I'm not in this position. I'm not going to car yards. I'm not falling for this stuff. But I see this all the time with business owners as well. They'll, they'll buy a car and they'll say to me, oh, I brought this car for my business and they'll send over the docs. First thing I'll say, just out of interest, is, oh, what interest rate did you pay? Because I'm just trying to keep an eye on interest rates. And they're like, oh, I'm not sure, mate. I'd have to check. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? But then I'll go to, we'll go to account for it. And it's like, oh, yeah, the car did cost 39995 But then again, there's these add-ons. And they might be thousand plus, but they don't care because they're like, oh, all I want to know is what's the monthly amount going out or the fortnightly amount, and that's the figure that they they look at, and they don't realise that these add-ons up the front 
They've they've paid for up front, they've been financed and they're now paying them back over the five years that they've taken the, the debt out over and they just want to know, well, what's the cost of this vehicle month to month? So I think there's something for all of us to learn here. Absolutely. Where these same tactics are probably being used on all of us, no matter what you know level of uh, financial literacy or cash we have when we go on to uh, buy some of these things. Absolutely. I mean, if the classic thing also is things like um, uh, phones. You know, and young young people with phones, they're not currently. I don't believe they're actually regulated in any way. So you go in and you get you know get the latest iPhone, and you get it on a you know, and of course you get it on a two year plan. Yeah. You know, with a with a you know a great plan, and you're going the number of, well, it's not. I was going to say number of young people, it's not just young people. Anybody that's saying they just want to oh, I just want a not a really good phone. You're saying yeah, but do you, do you realise how much you're paying for this over the course of the couple of years that you that you're doing this and it's it's you know it's like it's costing a hundred hundred and twenty bucks you know a month for yeah. this and particularly you're you might be a you know a, a university student or, or not even on a great on a great pay and you can do you, do you realize how much is this I mean we an interesting thing is years ago we used to say budgeters used to say or financial mentors are oh, oh mobile phones no you don't no 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 just just a phone you're saying no no now a phone is a, a mobile phone is a necessity you know, for safety, for any number of things, a mobile phone, and most or a lot of people don't have a landline. We haven't had a landline for you know a decade. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all done by mobile phone. You're saying, yeah, but it's pretty essential that everyone has a phone. Now you don't need the latest iPhone or yeah, <laughs> whichever yeah. it is. You know, yeah, a, a, a cheap functional phone works on a on a thirty six dollar a month plan, you can yeah. still take photo, can still do a whole bunch of stuff, text that, you don't need the latest and greatest on the, and then get stitched into a, you know, yeah. a big, big plan that go, that goes with it, but again, we, we just see so many people that then saying, oh God, how long before you get the phone paid off, you know, and it's just yet another little extra that, that goes in another temptation. Yeah, and I'd imagine that. By the time you're putting a budget together with someone, they probably don't even know when they're going to pay it off by right. They'd have to check back to their Spark bill yeah, well, or whatever. Well, you can find it on the on the set when you if you do look at the second page of the bill. Yeah, you'll you'll, <laughs> you'll see it. It'll say you've got so many, still got so many payments to make on the. You know, you got another 14, 14 months of payments to still to make on the yeah. on the bill. So we look at that and go, oh, you've still got fourteen months on this. You <laughs> Key know. those into the uh, into the budget. Well, that's right. Yeah, I'll take you back to so say someone presents themselves um, to use that lingo to you because I've they've rung money talks for instance and they've been told right you're going to meet with David on this day and they sit down with you. Is that step one? You know, I'd imagine first there's probably a why are you here, that sort of thing. Sounds like when I go to counselling, mate, but it's... Uh, <laughs> well, well, and we are, and I think I mentioned, part we're part, you know, part of what we do is counselling. Yeah. Bluntly, I mean, it, it is sort of a, it, it does sound a bit unusual, but we, we know that with the majority of the clients sit down with us, first thing is they're under stress. They're there... Some people are there, I just want to see that everything's on track and that's all very nice, but no, the vast majority of clients that front to financial mentors are under stress. Uh, and it's a stress, they're saying, I've finally got to that point, so I need some assistance. And, and good on them for actually saying, gosh, I, I can't get through this on my own. Uh, and we we totally praise them for doing that and doing it earlier rather than later. So... Yeah, part of the first thing is before we get into look, you know, yeah, there's a few forms to fill in. They say, look, just just tell me, 
just tell me your situation. Let's just let's just see where we are, you know. Hey, what do you so what do you do for a job? Where do you live? You know, hey, what's what's happening? And then tell me tell me why how can I help? Yeah, nice. How can I help? You know, what's because I I'm thinking you're here because you might be looking for it, so hey, yeah. that's what I'm here to do, so let, do, let's hear from you. Do people I was just thinking they might then be reminded of the time they were on the parking lot, thinking, geez, this guy seems just as helpful as old mate down at the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> do, do any of them, yeah. do, do, do people have trust issues and stuff like that? Um, I'm, no, I'm not there to take any money off them. <laughs> yeah, true. In, in fact, I've got to, I've got to say, um, people tell us things that they won't tell their partners. Mm. I've got clients who I've worked with for a number of years. Now, they, they, their partners know they're... In fact, one one day we always jokingly say, "You're the other man in my life." Yeah. <laughs> to her husband, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's the other guy in your life, um, and she tells me things because of the debts that she had. Her 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 partner wasn't aware of just of the extent of the debts that yeah. she was in, and was too and not 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 fearful in terms of but just embarrassed, embarrassed to talk to her partner and say, "Look, here's the position I've got myself into," um, and. Uh, in that sort of counselling, you're saying there's going to be a point. Look, there has to be a point where, as a because you're in this partnership, um, it's it'll be good for you to um, that we all get around the table and we discuss where you're at. But for the moment, some people will tell us things that they couldn't possibly tell their partner, and it may have been just about bad decisions that they've made, things like that. And again, that's where we're non-judgmental. You know, we we some I'm not here to judge you, and um, so what what can we do and then how can we get to that point so you can open up and and look at it because when we're dealing with a get some people coming to say oh I want a budget done saying so, okay and you're good okay and so you're on your own oh no I've got I've got my partner and my husband or you know wife that sort of thing oh okay now this needs to be a household budget it's not just your budget because you're in you're in a living in this situation unless you split all your expenses right down the middle and unless you take care of your debts and the other person takes care of theirs, we're actually in a household. We need to look at this holistically. So we need to know, so actually, and more often than not, it's probably, we, we'll start off with the female in the in a relationship, you know, all sorts of different relationships, but, but typically it'll be um, the, in a marriage, the, the female will come in first and yeah. then, Cause is that because just to interject that they make a lot of the financial decisions in a household? Like statistically, isn't that correct? That I think it's more the fact is that they're probably more prepared to put their hand up oh, early. Okay. It comes down. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Come it, come, on, it comes down. It comes down to the staunch. I don't need any help. Yeah. Sort of thing. I think that's what it Part comes down it to. Too. They're more likely to say, "I think, I think we need help a lot. I definitely need help." I know we need help, but I need to start with that. And then, yeah, we just call it the male. Fe- it is a male-female thing, yeah, you know, yeah. that that does happen. It did. It can happen the other way around as well. Mm. But typically, it's the if if you're in that, it's a case of let's 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 start with you. But actually, we need to get this whole thing together and actually to have everybody in the room so we understand where we're trying to where we're trying to move, where we're trying to go to, if if we can. You need to get everyone on the same page, right, to like buy into the vision of of getting there. Yeah, because yeah. if someone's saying, I don't think there's a problem, yeah, stuff. and you're going, well, and typically the problem is, um, and unfortunately we see it, the, the worst cases we see are where, one, whether it be male or female, where there's been a people together, 
someone in the partnership or in the relationship won't have great credit. So the person who's got the good credit has all the debts sitting under their name in a relationship sort of sense, and then the relationship splits up, and the, off goes the partner that's not really had the great credit, but none of the new debts are in their name, and there was one person left holding all the holding wow. holding all the debts. Yeah, I've I've had an email about this from someone in the exact yeah. same position. I think it's a good reminder for people that you've got to be very careful in your relationships with the debt that you're taking on on behalf of other people, right? As yeah. much as you might be thinking you're doing the right thing, mm. you're you're left with it at the end of the day, aren't you? Well, absolutely. It's yeah. in your name. It's not unless it's unless it's in both names. It's your debt. It's it's your, your debt, and particularly where there's a car involved, and and your partner's got got the car, and they're no longer there, and you're still paying for it. Sheesh. Then that, that's that's not unusual. Wow. That's not unusual. So yeah. again, people have to be very very careful in those sorts of things, as you'd I mean as you'd find in the business sense when you've got somebody oh, oh can you get your parents to go guarantor of a debt? And you oh, well, hold it now, just let's. Make yeah. sure make sure everyone's getting independent advice advice on those those sorts of situations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty fraught. It's all, um, it's all good and well at the time until things go, yeah, <laughs> until things go pear shaped. Yeah, and yeah, and that's they, I mean, that's another thing. And again, it's even even when you're you know we have now with 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 people assisting their kid, you know, people who are in a position to assist their you know their kids into first homes and things like that. I mean. I think the majority of people, in fact, I'm not sure it's the majority if you're saying, well, if we're going to be putting money in from one side and it's not equal from the other, then we're going to put it in as a debt, not a, you know, we're not going to just make it as a, oh, that's a family gift and the whole yeah. thing, because if this relationship doesn't last, um, the it's other part, the other party who brought nothing, who brought nothing to the table can will be eligible for 50% of it, including the gift of, of whatever was there. Yeah. Um, one of... Horrible situation, sort of a little bit of a tangent here, but um, relationship property things are just a, um, an absolute mess. And I've got particularly female clients who are spending vast amounts of money in the family court. I, I think I, I think the family court's a bit of a rort. Yeah. And I liken, I actually at the moment, just because of a couple of cases I'm involved in where the females are just having to expend huge amounts of money, I've got one who is basically exhausting her KiwiSaver under hardship to get funds to be able to fight for herself in family in family court. She's also being actually, funnily enough, being abu- I think being economically abused by her own lawyers, but that's another another matter. I think the I look at it years and years ago. We used to have before ACC. We had um, it was you know if you had an accident or something you got hurt. You know, the lawyers used to make I think and somebody. I'm, one of you, one of your listeners, will probably correct me, but I think it was about twenty-five to thirty percent of of law firms. Their money all came from personal injury cases, and then oh. in, in came ACC and what? Oh, there was a whole there was a whole thing gone. I mean, I'd love to see that happen for um, the, the family, you know, family court, family law situations, because I just see, and I have to say, and particularly females, just being economically abused by this whole the whole process and just the costs of having to go through. Family court, you know, fifty, seventy, a hundred thousand dollars. Um, wow. I had the situation with my client that, 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 that her own lawyers sent a letter saying, "Oh well, um, we unless you 
provide us with a retainer, which I said KiwiSaver won't provide retainers. They'll, we've got to the point where they'll, they'll pay out on the invoices, but they're not going to give a retainer. But they say, oh, unless we get a retainer, we're not going to represent you. Oh, and by the way, need to point out to you that the money that you're taking out under hardship from KiwiSaver is, of course, relationship property. And, of course, your former partner is, is eligible for 50% of that. And I was thinking, who are you working for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was appalled. I was wow. absolutely... I was... I was my wife, the air was blue. My wife said, yeah. would, you <laughs> keep, door. would you keep the voice down with, yeah. with the swearing? Oh, it was, yeah. it was, I just felt, uh, uh, I felt my client being abused not only, not only by her, you know, her former husband, um, but, but, by, but by her own lawyers. Advisors, yeah. I was just appalled. Yeah. I was just appalled. And, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm, 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 I'm convinced that we've... Um, do we make a complaint to the law society? I've got this, you know, letter which you know that's got things emboldened and read that we will fail to represent. Said, if, if that's not abuse, yeah. <laughs> that's shouting. Yeah. That's shouting yeah. at, at your own client. You know? Oh, it sounds like mate, you might have to find a spare bit of time to try and fight that battle as well. By the sound, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I suppose at the moment things are getting um, busier and busier for you, right? So people are coming in, they are, you're helping them put a budget together and that would probably look week to week for a lot of people. Correct, yep, weekly cash flows. And then do they come back for a bit of accountability as such? Because I'd imagine all good and well to set a budget but they've then, like you said, it's probably not going to be 100% accurate but you've got to ensure that they follow it, right? Well, the majority of clients are not, call it set and forget clients. The majority of clients we see now have multiple issues. So it's not just one meeting. Yeah, we'll we'll have multiple 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 meetings, phone conversations, whether it's Zoom, Teams, face to face, the whole thing. Most of the situations are complex, and particularly where we're trying to uh, advocate for our clients, there's a lot of work going into that. So, and that might be across multiple lenders. Uh, we may have lenders where we're challenging whether the loan should ever have been done. Those are very long, yeah. complex situations. So these things, and then it's a case of, so what's the most important thing we can do? So with somebody that came in to me last week, it was, okay, so what's the most important thing? Right, there's, there's 10 issues, but the number one issue is, oh, the power company's going to turn your power off today unless you make a payment. Right, okay. So that's the number one issue today. Yeah. <laughs> this other one over here that something's gone off to the debt collector, okay, that's that's number 10 on the list. That's We're not going to be dealing with that today. We're dealing today with the power company. We need to make sure that the power stays on. What are we going to do? How do we make the call? Do we make we make the call to the power company and say, right, I'm sitting with the client. We're trying to do things. Can you just can you give us some time? We're going to make a part payment. I say, have, have you got any money at all? Yeah, well, I can do. I can spare fifty bucks. Okay, fifty yeah. bucks. Boom, stick that into the power account. Part payment. Better than no payment. So if you're sitting at the, you know, we know that from talking to the, you know, to any of the utility providers, a part payment is better than no payment. Yeah. Or if someone's in difficulty and saying, oh, I'm just not going to be able to make that payment, ring the creditor and tell them that. Ring them and tell them. The you worst pray. thing, the thing they hate the most is not hearing anything. Oh, no payment, didn't hear anything. Someone calls and says, look, I've got a real problem. Da, 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 can I do Oh, okay, look, first thing, hey, thanks for calling. You know, tick. Yeah. Tick. Hey, you called. Thank you. You communicated. Thank you. That's num- that's the first thing is communication. So if anybody is having any issues, one, don't ignore them, but secondly, communicate. And secondly, communicate if you're, you know, if you're having a, 
difficult time. You need to let that creditor know you are having a difficult time because they have to have protocols in place. For people who are running into genuine hardship, every lender has to have protocols in place. That's required by law. So, and whether it be hardship provisions, whether it be, hey, we need to be able to work with our clients, they all need to be able to do something. But it, it often it does start with the with the client saying, hey, I I need, as I say, they come to us, I need some help. Yeah. Or I'm having I'm having a problem, so I say to people, do, please do not ignore your creditors, and and just be and actually just be honest with them. They will they, the majority of creditors, not all, but the majority will say, hey, appreciate you calling us, letting us know. As I say, we we know there are some predator lenders out there who really don't care. Yeah, but the majority would have to say that you know the I'd like to think the majority of of Creditors will give people some space, particularly if they're working with financial mental. Yeah, you know, hey, they've 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 also made that step. So not only have they called them, they've also said, oh, by the way, I've also engaged I've also engaged with a financial mental or a budget service. So they're going, oh, tick, oh, two ticks, right, great. So they've got someone sitting alongside them who's used to dealing with this sort of situation. So hey, all right, well, right, we will, right, you've got some space. You've got some space to deal with it. It's not a, not forever, but we know at least someone's helping you work on is is there a way through this? So that's you know that's that's quite quite important. Say to people, <clears throat> you know, the O eight hundred number comes up. <clears throat> is it a debt collector? Um, look, I've I'm sort of debt collectors sort of think I'm sort of the agent, so I've, I get a lot of call from debt collectors. Yeah, and you know, on behalf of a client, and I must admit, sometimes I'll be, I'll be doing something, and I see the O eight hundred number, and I say, oh, I'm not picking that up. I'm, like, I just, <laughs> I'm, right I'm not picking it up. I'm just, I just, you know, just yeah, and I, I, it will, and, I, and then they'll, they'll typically email me, yeah, something that's there. So I think it's really that important. They'll keep trying. They'll, they'll, they'll keep trying. They'll get yeah. me, and, I, and we'll, we'll, we'll address it. Um, but for the moment, yeah, sometimes I, I have to say that I've, I've ignored the 0800s. <laughs> yeah, we're all guilty. Um, do you think that people that may not necessarily be this far uh, in trouble in terms of levels and debt and stuff, so they might just be, you know, as I say, a typical Kiwi credit card, buy now, pay later, might have a student loan as well. Mm. Do you reckon, even something with the bank, for instance, is there, do we underestimate our ability to go back to some of those lenders and say, hey, look, you know, I want to try and sort this debt out. Um, what can we do? Can we work together? Can you, you know, I don't even have that car anymore, but there's still two grand on the car loan to pay. Can I settle it with a thousand dollars? Does that happen? That can happen. Yeah, we've uh, and we do find, particularly with uh, debt collection agencies, we can typically negotiate something. So that's where it's gone. It's from. gone from it's gone from the, the the first creditor, and have handed it over to a you know a, a Bay Corp, a Credit Corp, yeah, somebody like that. It's gone. It's gone through. It's gone past the collection departments of the you know of the creditor themselves. In those situations, in fact, they will often send uh, again because I I often on the email comes to me rather than the client, and they say, oh, you know, the seven thousand dollar debt. We'll we'll settle it for five thousand. You're going, yeah. Well, that's great, but we don't have five thousand yeah. just to settle it. But but there are situations where we will negotiate back. And I've got one client at the moment where, in fact, he was a he was a you know, form, former former. I 
started working with him in, in prison and he's out and just working brilliantly now. Um, but he had a whole series of things that when he was in prison went off to went off to debt collectors. Uh, so we are in a position now of just basically going through with each one and saying, hey, negotiating that 7,000, will you accept 3,000? No, we won't accept that. We'll be say, oh, will you? Then it gets sort of a bit of a, as with any negotiations, a bit of backwards and forwards yeah. as, to, as to what we do. Um, some, of course, the worst, the worst outcome for um, clients, but sometimes it's the one we have to go for, is insolvency. You know, and it's when all else has failed, and I mean everything else has failed, and we just don't have options. He said, well, actually, for some clients, there is relief in just getting finality. We're looking at someone, you're saying, in your lifetime, you are not going to be able to pay off these debts. They're hounding you, they're doing this, they're doing that. The, we'll call it the only option we have left is an insolvency and even going through an insolvency no it's not it's not pleasant it obviously credit credit record goes to zero you know go yeah. through the insolvency uh, but it gives you it does give you finality it gives you a fresh start again I worked in uh, Parry for uh, and have done and have been in for three years because of COVID but but I used to work with a number of inmates there and the, their biggest thing was they've got debts you're saying well are you going to be in a position when you come out of prison to repay any debts? You'd be hopefully you'd be able to get a job, but yeah. to suddenly then have a whole lot of debt. So, you know, I used to do probably I think probably fifty percent of the clients I had in prison we put through insolvency while they were there. Sure, because I didn't even really think about that. Um, so you go to prison, your debts are still due, right? So people the debts like hey, you know, Correct. the creditors like hey, pay the debt. And you're like, well, can't yeah. pay. I'm not even. Well, one of the worst worst features is well, not worst features, um, child support. You know, and a lot of guys go in and they're they're paying child support now. There's a particular form that's meant to be, you know, that if you fill in, and I, the I it's called the IR five nine seven, which of prison fills in and sends to IRD and says, look, person's in prison. They're actually got no, they've got no ability to contribute or contribute pay. or make yeah. any make any payments. You know, so can please can you su- suspend, you know, the child support? Well, sometimes that's not done, and they come out and saying, uh, I've still been incurring child support debts. And child support doesn't get written off. Sheesh. It's one of the only there's only fines and and child support are the two things that in any insolvency don't oh. get written off. So you you might come out of prison and end up with uh, a stack of child support <coughs> debt which you haven't yet paid but you're still obligated to pay it. But surely you'd be able to go back and say, hey, this form should have been done. No, doesn't work retrospectively. Really? No, nope. oh, doesn't work. Doesn't so work. They might even go, okay, I'll trigger insolvency. I'll do that, and still just going to sit there as a debt. Correct. The wow. only thing we can get reversed is they often have penalties and interest. Yeah. And I had one. I had one. One guy I was working with. His he had his child support debt was two hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars, of which forty-eight thousand dollars was actually the child support and the rest, because he was had been in for quite some time, was yeah. interest and penalties. Now, we managed to get all the interest and penalties. <laughs> Yeah, well, we got it. We got it from two twenty eight down to forty eight. Sheesh, they <laughs> you know? add up bloody quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but but again, they wouldn't. But even then, they wouldn't. We tried to negotiate since then to get the. Can we not get forty eight down? And some of this was incurred back in two thousand and nine. Sheesh, no. 
Well, I'd hope that uh, none of the listeners, mate, need to know anything <laughs> no, about sorry, going to prison. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I might take yeah, us back. We take us back. Yeah, <laughs> I take us back to people that might have a mortgage that are obviously presenting themselves now. Yeah. You're saying, okay, this is a bit strange. Didn't used to happen. Correct. So what sort of advice um, are you are you giving them? Talk to your bank early. Try and find out what are what are what are your options. First thing is make sure you, if you've come in, you've you've done about what. Are you going to be able to meet? You know, we went through the figures before. Mm. Are you going to be able to meet this additional cost? Because it's it's going to be a cost. There's no you're not going to be able to avoid that. Start your discussions with the banks. Uh, the banks will have geared up their departments in preparation for this. I'm pretty sure. You're 100 percent right because I've got a mate yeah. who works in one yeah. of them, and, and he's told me like over the last couple of years he's been helping build out a team yeah. to get ready for get ready this for period. this. Yeah, I was exactly. really surprised. It's like oh yeah. wow, you know, it's a quite a long process. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So they'll be they'll be uh, we'll call it geared up and ready for it. But when I say geared up and ready, uh, their their options tend to be fairly fairly limited. If you think about it. They can do okay. Can I go interest only? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do interest. They'll and used to be banks would sort of do interest only for a period of time, but then oh no, we've got to get back onto the you know principal, principal on principal repayments as well. Then during COVID, we had either the they used they called it they called it the you know the mortgage holiday, and I <laughs> hate that too. They're saying there was no holiday. Yeah. Interest was still accrued. You weren't making any payments. Okay. Yeah. But interest was still accruing, and the minute that that stopped, the interest got got added onto the principal. I, again, I sort of tongue in cheek say that in that period of time when the banks were, you know, obviously you weren't writing a lot of new business during when we we're all locked down with COVID. Mm. Um, the mortgage books were still were still probably growing because they were just adding the interest. Was just, the that end. was the 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 extra principal was going on basically from the capitalisation of the interest. So. Yeah. Um, you had a bit of you had a bit of growth in your mortgage book through capitalising interest, you know. So, um, and I've I've been open about saying, look, if you you have a client with a mortgage, it's a it's it's probably a twenty five thirty year relationship. It could be a fifty year relationship. In times where your clients have run into some some real issues, is there not a point at which you can say, look, for a couple of years in our thirty-year relationship, can we, I don't know, just break even on the, yeah. on the, on the, on what we do? I'm not saying to take a loss or anything like that, but can we just break even? Maybe we can put out a nice, I'm not saying a preferential. We can put out a ra- a rate which you know, if, okay, we're at six point five or seven. Okay, we can do we can do you a five. We're not going to make our net interest margin. We're not going to make our yeah. margin, but we're going to cover our cost of funds just as a bit of relief. In a thirty-year relationship, couldn't couldn't you consider just yeah. doing that? Jeez, that's wishful thinking, David. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, look, I'm I, I I like to think sometimes I can be yeah. you know optimistic about you know people thinking about it. Or maybe maybe the maybe the banks are thinking of things. Like, I'd like to think that they they were trying to be. Innovative because I don't I don't regard interest only and and then capitalising interest as being particularly innovative. Yeah, the old holiday. <laughs> yeah, sort of thing I do. It's you more know. of an extension than a holiday. <laughs> well, basically, I, I'm the, sorry, and that's the other. I guess sorry. The third one, of course, is is take the term back out. Yeah, yeah. I turn it for it's twenty. Oh, you've you've been ten years. Okay, we'll put it back out to thirty years, and okay, that'll amounts. that'll that'll reduce it. So sorry, there was that third that yeah. third leg that I failed to you know yeah. failed to mention. Do, do you think we'll see more of that if things really get tight for a lot of Kiwi families? They might; those will be the solutions again. Oh, I think they'll be the solutions, but the 
the people who are probably struggling the most are the ones that bought in the last couple of years. It's yeah. the first home first home buyers who will be. I would have thought, and again, again, if your listeners that are still in banking could correct me, but I would suspect that the ones uh, have taken on their their big commitment. They took they took out a whole bunch of their KiwiSaver, yeah, which is another issue because when they get to sixty five, they ain't going to be as much. Yeah, Kiwi yeah. saver is when you started. It's in the house. It's just fine, um, but a lot of them will be looking at. Gosh, we took out. You know, we got twenty percent. That was our deposit, and guess what? Our home is now valued at. Well, gosh, only eighty percent of what it was when we bought it. So our our equity's gone. Mm. Well, sorry, our, on paper. Yeah, on paper, our equity's gone. Plus, our co- our our costs have gone up. So, and extending the loan. Okay, well. Well, it's 28 years, okay, well, we'll just put it back to 30. Well, two years isn't going to make an awful lot of difference on putting the term out. Yeah. Because uh, we've only been in it for 18 months, two years, so that's not really not, unless you, unless you do a 50-year mortgage, which I don't want to no, base it on a 50-year, yeah. but that's, I doubt that's going to happen. I think it's a good reminder for all of us that, you know, when, when things are going well to really, you know, use that to your advantage or be be wise with it right so what i mean is you know you might naturally will change our lifestyle based on what access to disposable income we have right instead of going you know what interest rates are quite low i might chip off a little bit more of my mortgage than i need to just to give me a bit of breathing space Uh, and i'd imagine there's going to be quite a few people that go through this next sort of five years or however long rates stay like this and think sheesh i wish i didn't buy heaps of the shit that I didn't really need that's now sitting in the garage and instead paid down my mortgage just a little bit more to to give us that breathing space because the paying down a mortgage, the compounding of that over time is, is such a, a huge mm. uh, benefit, right? 2020 hindsight's a great thing. Yeah. I wish yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I had it. Yeah, don't <laughs> and we it, all? And yeah, people say, oh, when is, when are, oh, people will often come and say, so what are interest rates going to do? And I say, look, if I knew what they were going to do, I would be a very, very yeah. wealthy person. Yeah, I'd probably be working for the Reserve Bank, with, uh, <laughs> well, not right. not volunteering to, to help people. <laughs> Sitting next to Adrian or at the Reserve Bank there. So, is, is there anything else that you're seeing at the moment in terms of um, you know people coming in or presenting themselves, or is it just a lot more of the same? Well, it's I guess it's compounding. And again, the other sort of hot topic we've got is buy now, pay later, which yeah. again is a, it was still a I guess it's a a relative, it's still a relatively new phenomenon. I guess it's probably three or four years. And we used to have the, we used to call it lay-by. Yeah. But you didn't get the goods until you'd actually paid for them. And if you didn't want them, you just said, oh, stop it and I get you got your money back. But buy now, pay later has been the, in the last few years, has been the single biggest contributor to, we think, people getting themselves into financial difficulties. But it's so easy to get. We talk about easy credit, but buy now, pay later has been... Very, very, very easy credit to get into with um, no no checks. Well, very. They say they've got checks and balances, but they haven't. Now, obviously, the legislation's changing. It's all been announced that buy now, pay later is going to be brought into the uh, Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act. It hasn't yet, and it's out for consultation. Uh, the consultation is more about they're saying, oh, we th- they think they wanted to introduce a. The suggestion has been a six hundred dollar threshold. And so we're saying, well, number one, is this $600 threshold, is that per per buy now, pay later provider, provider or is that $600 in total? Our view is 
and we you know we are because who we are financial mentors we say no there shouldn't be a threshold it's zero so if it's buy now pay later whether it's six hundred dollars whether it's sixty dollars a lot of people can get into a lot of difficulties with credit of six hundred dollars and some of you some of your listeners are going oh god that's that's nothing you yeah. say but huge portion of the population here and a lot of particularly a lot of young people and particularly young females do love buy now pay later yeah as a as a means I'm not opposed to buy now pay later across the board it has a place it has a place as long as people can afford it and as long as the providers have assessed whether the people they're giving that credit to can afford it but they don't they might do a quick credit check we want an affordability assessment done. In other words, you have to do some work to decide that, yes, your client is going to be able to make the repayments on the buy now, pay later. It's over a short period of time, but over a short period of time, those are things that they may miss other payments, other obligations they've got to make. You know, we see people missing rent payments and, and missing food. They say, oh, God, I've got so many buy now, pay later things on yeah. here. So those assessments should still be done. The other problem we have with... The suggested threshold is that now the Financial Services Federation is saying, oh, well, well, if buy now, pay later, can have a $600 threshold. Well, so should every other finance company have a $600 threshold. Nobody should have to. If they don't have to, oh, we shouldn't. If we give somebody a $600,000 line of credit on a personal loan or something, no, we shouldn't have to do all the affordability assessments that we're currently supposed to do. Yeah. So you're saying, well, so, so they're asking for their own types of thresholds and different. Because well, I, there is no threat. Buy now, pay later. The sorry, the recommendation that came out from uh, MB uh, was that oh, we could we we'll introduce buy now, pay later. But suggestion has been that we they worked out that the kind of the average buy now, pay later balance across things was about six hundred dollars, and they said, oh, okay, so if if we say that it's six up to six hundred dollars, it's okay. Um, but above no, that, no testing. Nothing. No, not well. No testing. I mean, they might get a they might quick, they might quick. get a quick credit report. I mean, you can get a yeah. Centrix report. I can get a Centrix report, and you know, in in twenty seconds. Yeah. You know, and yeah, oh, yeah, okay, done. Sort of thing. We're yeah. saying no, no. It needs give them the six hundred. Yeah, give them the six hundred. And often, again, look, there was there were examples of people. Again, classic one of somebody goes into it was a notago. You know, a student went in to get a um, went in to get a, a, a you know laptop needed it for um, for for uni. And I think it was you know sixteen hundred bucks for the laptop, and and walked out with a ten thousand credit limit, you know from the just into the you know forget yeah. whichever retailer they went into, and oh yeah we've got you know we've got any number of the BNPL things yeah. on there, you know which one you know sort of thing, and we did it, and, and of course then they loaded it up with oh wow great you know I can do this and that, uh oh get some stuff for the flat, couple yeah, of speakers, that, that's right, well yeah. precisely, precisely. Yeah. So and that is a okay, that's a bit of an extreme example, but. A, but it was an example, mm. you know. It was exactly what happened when, when kind of got loose with the, got loose with the numbers. Uh, didn't do the right thing in terms of hey, you've got to check, you know, debt is debt is can be debt can be very useful, mm. but debt can be very dangerous. You know, we think about debt student student loans. I mean, again, I wish that people didn't have student loans bluntly, but if you're looking at the, you know, there's two types of debt that we typically think of as being okay. One's a student loan because it's increasing the value of an asset. The asset being your education, the, the, your education and yourself. The other one, and I use it with a bit of tongue in cheek now, is a mortgage because yeah. again, it's a, it's a you need accommodation and it's so it's a roof over the head. Now that is fine. It's an asset, and um, 
in most years, but not from what we've seen the last couple of years, it's an asset that does tend to go up in value. Yeah. Unfortunately, the last couple of years, we've seen those assets potentially go down in value. So there's a, it's not a one way. Unfortunately, people got into that view. And I know my wife was, oh, God, you're so negative, you know, saying, well, sometimes these things can go down, you know. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and, and then I'm finally, finally, two years out of ten, I'm finally able to say, oh, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> and no one wants you to have been right either. That's and no problem. one wants yeah. you. And unfortunately, they're saying, I wish I wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. I wish I wasn't right. Or even with interest rates, they're saying, when interest rates hit 2% or 2.5%, he's sort of going, look, all I can tell you is I can, gar- I can guarantee you that interest rates will go up. Yeah. And they say, when? And I go, I don't know. But I can guarantee they're not going to sit at 2.5% for the next 30 years. Yeah. Much as, again, I shows my age, but in times when mortgage rates of 24%. Mm. I came from an era of 24% interest rates on mortgages. Now, we had inflation running at 22%. Mortgage rates at 24%. Um, and people just happily kind of paid it. In fact, you know, there's a generation that's going... Even now, they're saying the lo- you know long run. I'm thinking again, someone will correct me, but I think the long run average interest rate over the last thirty, forty years is something like seven. Is it seven percent or something? Yeah, yeah on, the, on a long yeah. run yeah. sort of thing, and saying actually, so we're actually not right at the moment. You know, there's a uh, you know despondency out there because it's gone from you know with mm. a two in front of it to a six or a seven in front of it. And you say, well, yeah, but the average for the for it's some it's people has been that they're saying yeah. wow some people still can go wow a six yeah, the, wow the average, that's amazing the average in New Zealand at the moment is about four and a half percent across all of our mortgages so we're yep. still at but, less than a five and so many have got to reset though yeah because the average is there but I mean and again you know, some of the depending on the stats you see is it something like 50 percent of mortgages still got to reset have still got to reset in the next six to nine months yeah and that'll bring that yeah, you're going to get busier this year, potentially. Yeah, or I think more people will just go, sheesh, I need to ask for some help from somewhere. I think so, and it's, look, it's part of it. A lot of it, people do it self-help. Hey, yeah. look, you know, there's some good there's some good websites, you know, things like Sorted. Well, look at what you've done there with those calculations yeah. of just, you know, people... Just go into Sorted and the mortgage calculator, and you're going, oh, yeah, just click on and throw the figures in, throws it out, you know, and it's um, it's 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 easy, you know, to, to do it. Um, not And there's all sorts of... And again, and I'm sure your your website's the same. There's a, there are some great great websites out there to assist people with tips on you know how they can do things. Um, just people, it's just doing the investigation. It's not waiting for it to happen. Yeah, it's getting in ahead of time, and whether it's doing a budget or whether it's talking to your bank, talking to your credit card provider, even oh, like even asking your credit card provider. Say, look, I as we try to say to people, right, you've got to a core debt on your credit card. You know, credit cards, like buy now, pay later. I don't have a fundamental issue with credit. I use credit card all the time for almost everything I can possibly use it for. I'm in a position I can pay it off every month. So from a cash flow perspective, it's it's a fantastic use of, you know, a financial instrument. Yeah. Um, but they don't make any money out of me. I'm a, I, they will hate me. Yeah. Cuz they won't make a part sorry they'll get some they'll get some fees from the retailer and that sort of thing but but I but they can't charge me any interest. Yeah. So they don't make any money whereas so many of our clients of course are you know um we start with the question so we're, okay we're going to put in your debts okay so you've got a credit card you've got with whomever it was and it's likely to be several first question is um who is it okay so what's the limit oh, 3000 what's it drawn to 2900 
you know. Shit. I mean, most of them yeah, are, yeah. most of them are pretty tend to be pretty maxed out. They're not paying them off. Yeah. Are they so paying the minimum. Just sort of. Just so and so when we do, so I my way of doing it and look different financial mentors may do it differently. Say so, okay. So if, as long as you're not on arrears on your credit, you just for the purposes of doing your budget, what's your minimum repayment? And that's the number that I put into the into the budget. We'll start with the minimum. Let's make sure you're covering your minimum requirements, such as your credit cards, your car loan, all these, all those other things. We put in the minimum. Then, okay, what have we got? Do we have a surplus? Again, do we have a surplus or a deficit? Okay, if we've got a surplus, okay, can we let's let's then order the debts? Okay, what's the you know start off? Okay, so what's the most expensive debt? Or, and then work through. Let's pay off the most expensive first and the cheapest last, whatever. Other than sometimes you have, I've, you know, for instance, had a a lady who's gradually working. I've been working with her for four years now. She started out with 44 individual debts. 44 Shit. individual debts. Different okay. lenders. Different lenders, different things. Didn't even know there were that many. <laughs> yeah, well, well, but of course you took into account there were some rent arrears and they owed, they owed the yeah. dentist and, owed, you know, and there was an optician owed money to and some family and friends owed money to. So you, you kind of go through and then had two credit cards, had two personal loans. Yeah. Do you work through? And then, and so you're saying, okay, so we're ordered debts, but then sometimes the psychological thing is actually... So you owe your doctor, and admittedly they're not no interest bearing, all that thing. But you owe your doctor, you owe your doctor seventy bucks, and you owe this person. Did it. And actually, guess what? This week, actually, we can get rid of ten percent of of your debts by number of creditors in a couple of weeks, not by not by dollar value, but we can get rid of number of ten percent of your creditors yeah. just by saying, okay, we're going to pay the doctor off, you know, we're going to pay, um, it might be you owe some money to the dentist, you know, friends and family, well, they might be able to wait, but but there's a couple of small ones, but let's just target getting, and then suddenly, oh, you've you've I paid progress. off 10% of your creditors. It might not be a big dollar amount, but it's a psychological when thing of saying, oh, guess what, we call it the debt schedule, saying, we've got your debt schedule off from three pages down to two. Yeah, be a good feeling. You know, and there's still, there's still, there's still um, seventeen on each page, but we've actually gone from three pages to two. Now, psychologically, that's just a, it's a actually quite a positive thing. Yeah, it's quite a positive thing. And then on the cash flow, we're saying, we're doing, we're doing this. I also have a technique of, and again, differs by financial mentor, annual expenses. So you, you, if you, whether it be your, um car maintenance, whether it be your doctors, your dentists, um, your birthday presents and things, you know, you meant the theory is that you put money aside for those things to come up. You know they're going to happen, you don't know exactly how much they're going to be, but you, oh, we should be putting money aside. You say, well, when you've got a whole bunch of debts up there, it doesn't really, it's not really a sensible thing to have a money sitting in a little deposit account earning 2% when you're being charged on a credit card, you know, 19%. Yeah. So, okay, so let's just not use the credit card um, at all other than each pay, we're going we're gonna to take off your annual expenses might work out to be, might be 100. They average $100 a week. So you're paid weekly. So every week... Over and above what your minimum credit card repayment is going to be, you're going to put $100 to reduce your limit on your credit card. Then 
when you need those car tyres, you failed your warrant because of car tyres, okay, you, yeah, you put it on the credit card. Um, it's the same as having, having, a, having had a deposit there except there's an interest rate mismatch of yeah. 2% versus 19. You know, so I'd rather not, you know, as long as you can make sure you manage your credit card, you're not putting anything new on it, you're just covering those expenses with that. That's it's a sensible. Okay. It's a sensible. Well, it's a sensible use of it, because there's no use having cash just sitting there when you've got a whole bunch yeah. of debts. You know, just not. But that's probably where a lot of people, unless they've got someone like yourself helping them out, they don't have that level of discipline potentially to to do that right. So they'd probably um, put the money against the credit card, but then continue to use it. For instance, well, so many people do that. Again, a lov- lovely um, lady I'm working with at the moment who she says, I put. I put, f- uh, what is it, $500 on the credit card uh, every pay, which is fortnightly. I said, wow, that's great. I said, but your credit card limit's going down, so you're putting 500 against the credit card, but then you're immediately using the credit card, you're immediately spending 450 on the credit card, so it's kind of yeah. maxed out. We've got to try and get a, we've got to try and break it, and that we're saying, right, not using the credit card from now, right now. Cut it up or lock it away, do whatever you can. Let's try and live on cash. Um, you make the minimum payment. Now, when you make that minimum payment, um, most of it will be principal. Well, most of it, sorry, will be interest. And a little bit will be principal, but typical mortgage, the yeah. mortgage principal, every payment, every time you make that minimum payment. Yeah. Well, one, the minimum payment will be slightly less each time because it's always a, it's always a percentage of the of the limit. But you'll always pay slightly less interest and slightly more principal back each time you each time you do it theoretically, so you can kind of get it down. But it's trying to wean you off using that credit card, yeah, and going to cash, actually going to cash, and that's when when as I say in, in so many examples as I say I, we just literally we're doing a weekly cash flow. So saying I'll sit on a Sunday night and say right, what's the bank balance today? There it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, quick run over. Okay, yeah. Okay, a few of the expenses because again, no one spends exactly two hundred and fifty dollars on food or no. seventy dollars on petrol a week. You know, it's never it's yeah. never going to be like that. Be saying, uh, look, as long as we're within a you know a range, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be more Spot chance on. of winning lotto yeah. Than, yeah. than having that than having that right. I so, always say, <laughs> if it, if it ends in a zero, I know it's a lie because like <laughs> nothing ever does right. You know, that's an intriguing thing. I had yeah. went through. Sorry, just another little off to the side there. When someone's in, someone goes into default, and it's shown on a credit report. There's never they never have cents on it. It's just a round. It's just a round dollar number. And yeah. I, I, client, I was going through, and I was going through an insolvency with the client, and I went through the insolvency service, and I, and they said, well, this can't be right because you, there's got to be some cents involved, and in you know there was a debt to somebody who had whoever the debt collector was and it but it pointed out that it was a thing. They said, Well there'd be some sense involved. I said, Yeah, but the credit reports only re- only report in round numbers. They don't report in cents. Yeah. So then they said, Oh, oh okay. Sorry. <laughs> we'll carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Far out. You'd think that they'd know that. Yeah. <laughs> um mate, before we wrap up, one thing I was keen to ask and get your opinion on, because I spotted this recently, I was looking up you know how the government did a cost of living payment, right? Mm-hmm. And they did it in three instalments. Yep. Now, I searched this to just see what content there was around it. Now, one of the lenders had done a very good guide for you on their website of exactly, you know, what you'd get, 
when it would hit the bank account, etc. And a great piece of content. And then, of course, as I was scrolling, I thought, I know what's going to be at the bottom of this. And you're smirking because you do too. But it's basically, <laughs> if this isn't going to be enough, how about you fill out our quick application and find out what uh, what loan you might be eligible for? Yeah, exactly. And I thought, holy shit, that is, um, you know, that's probably where people talk about some of these loan providers, etc., being quite predatory or predatory, whatever the, yep. the the pronunciation is, and basically finding ways to find those people who are going to be desperate in some regards for cash and put another solution in front of them that's only going to lead to more trouble down the line. Correct. Absolutely. And you now, probably see this all the time. Like I spotted it and was like, wow, you know, that it's real. I hadn't seen that, but <laughs> I just so totally you thinking oh they're um they're so good at thinking at these things. So I'm 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 just showing I'm showing Luke at the moment. There's a and you know, this is public information. There's a group called Money Shop. And if you go into the Money Shop website you can look and it says, has life thrown some unexpected expenses your way? But this is for beneficiary loans. Oh, wow. And this is so they're targeting, they're yeah. targeting, they're targeting, well, this is, this is from their website. So they're yeah. targeting beneficiaries to make loans to. Right. Now, if you got a thousand, the thousand financial mentors in the country into a room and said, do you know any of your clients who are beneficiaries, who could afford a loan. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. And I think we'd struggle to find anybody that could say that they could justify any beneficiary having a loan, other than where they'd maybe got an advance from working income, interest-free. It's coming off at $2 a week from their benefit payment. To me, that is... And we actually sent, um, sent this off to the Commerce Commission. Yeah. To say, do you see? And they say, oh, yeah, okay, well, thanks for that. We'll, you know, and they'll, they'll be hopefully monitoring these sorts of things. Because we look at that sort of thing and say, and there's a whole bu- there's a whole bunch of other things for Money Shop if you go on there for all sorts of different categories of people. Yeah. You know, all sorts of things. Um, that, oh, and by the way, money in as few as two hours. Oh, shit. So again, it's this thing of, Okay, two hours now. If we if we were to be challenging, and I'm not not saying just for money shop, but again, when we challenge someone's lending, and they say, "Oh, we've got 20 working days to come back to you with our answers, and or even providing a document which we know we can put our hands on in you know 60 seconds," mm. they'll hold out for 20 working days. Normally, I'm not saying that this particular yeah. company would, but um, but they can do something in two hours to give money. When we're yeah. trying to assist a client, and they're clearly, you know, thinking, you know, they yeah. last thing they want, oh, if one of these bloody financial mentors coming in, they'll be like, oh, no, God, here you know, they are here, again. Here they are again, these troublemakers. <laughs> what's the incentive for a business like that to loan money to people that they know are going to struggle to repay? Like, aren't they at risk of not getting that cash back anyway? Or do yeah, they but tap but it's like, debit but, or? but it's with anything, you know, the interest rate you'll be charging on that built into that will be the the loan loss provisions. I mean, it's basic credit card. Look, I'm yeah. again. One of the listeners get will no doubt be more up with it in banking. I, I and I I can recall years ago the credit card company. So when nineteen percent is your interest rate, and of course that's one of the only, even though interest rates have been going up and down, they're still making a massive margin. Yeah. So they haven't had to actually increase probably the rates. But no. but was it something like five percent of of the nineteen percent, five percent of it, or three to five percent covers loan loss. Yeah, loan losses. So, when you're not paying your credit card and you're paying the interest rate, you're actually paying for the write-offs that people are having to take on a on on the 
yeah, basically sub- on the on the credit cards. So it's all it's built into else. the yeah. it's just built into the model of we will take a certain number of losses, and that's the interesting part about the buy now pay later, because several of the companies have quit New Zealand. There's a couple of companies have gone gone belly up. Yeah, and I. And why has that happened? Well, one, um, their bad debt rates have skyrocketed. skyrocketed. Um, secondly, people have not making all their repayments, and of course, then they get penalised with a you know a, a fee for for not having made it. But the other side of it, of course, is that they'll they'll like a, a typical financial entity. Most most have gearings. You know, the banks. You know. Will, Twenty yeah. percent equity, eighty percent borrowing. Again, that yeah. listeners will say that's that. No, that's all wrong because they've got tier one, tier two, all the yeah. other things. They say, yeah, but actually, but yeah, but banks, financial institutions borrow most of their money. Well, these guys are saying, well, when you were able to borrow, you know, when the when the OCR was, you know, so low as it was, and now your cost of funds is increasing, blown out by it's probably tripled. Mm. You might, you know, not the margin might be the same, but the base rate. That you're borrowing on is would have would have blown out. So again, um, your that's kind of blowing the business model out of the you know out 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 the door. Yeah. So um, we, we're not we're not we're not un- as I said, it has a place. Um, you know we're not un- we're not unhappy that some providers have decided they needed to depart um, because they you know we're probably bordering on. Um, Predatory, yeah, it had a place, but also the business model was who who their target market was, yeah, etc. So they're 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 bearing the cost of, um, you know, where where that where they went, yeah, with that. I think the buy now pay later stuff for me, the way I look at it, is it just encourages fast credit consumerism for mostly things that you don't necessarily need or may end up regretting purchasing anyway. Or just the biggest example for me was that. You know, my partner who is on a good income and could pay cash for a pair of sneakers. We we're in a, a store and she was picking between the two pairs of sneakers and they said, Oh, well, you know, if you can't afford two, you can always you buy always use buy now pay later for the second pair. And yeah. you know, we're both accountants, right? So we're fucking the a bad example <laughs> of a relationship. But you know, we leave there and we're like, Oh my god, you know, like that's for a lot of people, they'd hear that and go, "Oh yeah, of course." Now I can have both pairs of those shoes. Yeah, that's right. And 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 their cash flows would permit it. Yeah, they would. They would allow. But then you go, "But we didn't actually need it." Look, the worst the worst cases, unfortunately, are where, and again, it's where people can afford to pay. But when we see people using buy now pay later for food, you know, yeah. and I hate to say, yeah, but the mad butcher or somebody has been has been used as an example. When people are going to us, you know, bad debt. You know, if you categorise, we talk about good debt, you know, say mortgages, student loans, the not so good debt we would classify and saying, okay, um, it might be the car loan, you've bought a, you know, bought some uh, fridge or you might have, God, you, who knows, you might have even clothing. You've actually got something to show for it though. Yeah. It's not worth the same amount. As soon as you've, as soon as you've paid for it, it's, it's worth less and you probably owe more than what the asset is worth. That's not very good debt, but the real bad debt is when you've got debt and you've got nothing to show for it. I hate seeing, for instance, and I know I was um, on the pink, you know, the pink walkway up there one day, and it was one of the uh, one of the travel agents has advertising for holidays, and of course, oh. in the bo- in the bottom, it's got one of the buy now pay later ones, and you're going, okay, so you borrow money to, and it might be for a, a wedding, a holiday, food. So once it's gone. It's gone. 
you still owe the money. It's like a credit hangover, eh? Right? Yeah, you, it's yeah. it's gone. And we would just say that is just bad debt. You know, might even say, look, if, in particular, people we buy concert tickets on the credit card. Fine if you pay the credit card off every month, but if you're left with the credit card, and we'll do an example when we're doing community education stuff, when we're trying to be the when we're trying to be the fence at the top of the cliff rather than the amulets at the bottom, and yeah. we'll, we'll use the example of a credit card and saying, look, use your credit card to you know buy a, buy a TV now. You max out your credit card. You cut up the credit card, and then, depending on the you know the repayment requirements of the of the you know the credit card provider, is it is it at two two percent minimum per month, three percent? You know some of the banks five percent. Well, you know that that at two percent, that could take you seven years to pay off seven years to pay off that TV that you put on the credit card. By the way, the amount of interest you've paid is this, and by the way, you'd be obsolete TV by then. Yeah, you won't, yeah. you won't have it. It won't You're be recycling it on it w- Organics Day. <laughs> it won't, it won't be there. So that whole thing of you know, at least Nick saying, oh well, at least it's the not so good debt because you've still got, I can, I can touch it. Mm. But your concert tickets, your holidays, your even people who put you know pay for a wedding, um, the food, the food is the worst. The food is the worst thing. So that's like your groceries, though. groceries, basics. You know, mad. Finance. I mean, I hey, sorry, had yeah. to use the mad butcher, but it has been it has been bandied around before. And I know I've got a I've got a yeah. client who, when I've she's got you know six buy now pay laters, and I was saying so, oh, but I use them strictly for the right things. So, okay, so that's food, and they say so how part oh, of it's trying to shit. get that break. Saying so, okay, can we now? This is where and this is where the cash flow is important. You're saying can we make this break so that the next time you're going to buy some food, you know, or like you're going to the you're not going to do it there. Can you use cash and somehow can we wean you off that? And that's the hard part is you have all these mm-hmm. payments in the middle, you're doing the cash run, you're going, oh, I can't because we can't pay all the, because there isn't enough because you've got all these other obligations to pay. So therefore you get into this trap of having to keep using that. To buy yourself time. To buy yourself time. And and you, how do you wean? It's part of, that's why the cash flow yeah. is so important because you're saying we, we can do it. It's just going to take a while and it might take three or four months to yeah. get you to the point where great, we've we've finished using all the buy now pay later. We've we've actually got we we you stopped using your credit card and, and you're just making you're still only making the minimum payments, but you're not using it anymore. And the and the limits you know the limit and the amount you owe is coming down. You slightly less interest each month. Can you get down? It can, it's a it's a long journey. Yeah, it's a long journey, and that's why it, we it, it, again if we had the thousand financial mentors and you say so, how many are just a one. One meeting, one meeting thing, and no one. very, very few, very yeah. few. Some people, I mean, we a lot of the mentors uh, work in the work and in income offices. So some of them sometimes when says, "Oh, look, we we just need a budget," and the person will sit there and they do a do a budget done, done. all right, and then okay, well, it's all done. So that that's there, or it might even be um, one of the creditors says, "Look, we just want you to." Get a budget done, um, and just to see just to see where you sit. We do have some we have some lenders who've tried to be really cute, and they've said, "Go away and get a budget done, and we'll we'll use the budget that's done by the financial mentor as our as our affordability assessment tool." Oh wow! And you're going, uh, no, <laughs> no. So you do that. That's your you. job. They've tried. There are a yeah. number who've tried to. Flick it back and say, "Oh, good. We'll get, we'll get the financial mentors to do the hardware." Of course, we'll because when we're doing a budget, we again we throw all you know. We say, "Right, I." So I have a my mantra is, "I will, I will never underestimate expenses. 
I will err on the side of caution. I will overestimate expenses rather than underestimate them. Yeah. Same thing as on income. Um, I'll look at it and say, I'm not going to overestimate. If you're on a on a wage and you're on a weekly wage, let's you know, let's look at it and say, so what's your average earnings? Oh, I can do lots of overtime and do this. I say, no, no, you can't subsist on overtime. We've seen a lot of affordability assessments done by uh, some lenders, and they, you know, they'll people will be working 65, 70, 80 hours a week, and they use that as their normal Standard weekly week. income, and then they're going. Got a payslip here. Actually, I see that they've actually cashed up annual leave, but you're using that as um, standard income. Standard income. Oh, yeah, right. No, that's not acceptable. You know, but that's what they do. That's what they do. You know, yeah, and yeah. you sort of say, so I see you've taken. Yeah, you had these all these payslips. Well, I'll say, well, knock out some anomalies. If you had that, was you cashed up some pay? Right, we'll take that, and then we'll look and say, right, we'll take the average of three. Through your pay slips, and yes, you did some overtime on that one. That was a regular week, and that was somewhere. Okay, well, let's look at is that going to be a typical thing? But again, when you're saying, I go to a lender and saying, sorry to have afforded this loan, they have, they have to be doing 65 hours yeah. a week of work, which you know, which in, which is 25 hours of overtime, and includes working on seven days, seven days a week. Is that, that's not sustainable. Yeah, yeah it is, is not sustainable. And they know that surely. Some of them. Yes, they do. Just, yeah, of course yeah. they do. But it suits their purposes to that. Oh, that's the numbers. Get that's the, the numbers. Out. Yeah. So we can ship yeah. the debt out the door, or you know, look the classic. Sorry, go back to the car yards again. But we had one situation. One of our clients, I was assisting another financial mentor, and they and the car yard said, person said, I don't want that vehicle. It's a forty, and that was a forty thousand dollar vehicle. I want. This vehicle, it's twenty thousand. Neither of them she could actually afford, but twenty thousand. They said, "No, no, no, you can afford it. The repayments are the same. The repayments are, you know, one hundred and sixteen dollars a week. It's the same repayment. Not telling them that that one's repaid in two years and that one's repaid in five years. Wow. So, yes, the actual the weekly repayment was the same, but it depends on how you structure." The loan. loan, shit. You know, I mean that. I mean, sorry, but that's the yeah. sort of that's the sort of thing that a you know we'll call it a car yard agent. And they are they're the agents of the lender. Will will tell them, and they'll say, "Oh, we didn't tell them that." You go, of course, of course, you'll say you didn't tell them that, but that's yeah. what they're telling me. You said, and <laughs> they're not going to make that up because they actually don't because they didn't actually understand what that actually meant. Yeah. They didn't. Understand, they weren't going to go. I oh, know. Actually, I knew that that meant that that was going to be a five as opposed to a two. And then no, they didn't. They didn't know you that. Just don't have that level of education. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's misleading. Yeah. It's absolutely misleading. And sometimes we can, you know, we can catch them out with. Sometimes we might have some texts that have been sent and say, "Oh, yeah, but you said oh, this yeah. and this and this." You know, da, 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 as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, no, well, we do. I mean, but yeah. we we have to we have to be quite forensic because, you know, um, they said we said mm. you know those sorts of things. So then you have to look for the you know you look for the evidence and so on. Oh, no, we didn't think there were any dependents. You're going. They had three kids with them. Yeah. You know the the finance. I have a. I keep saying to people, I have a smidgen, a smidgen of sympathy for some of the finance companies because their agents lie. Yeah. <laughs> their agents lie because it's in their interest. Yeah. Can Complete I sell a $40,000 car versus a 20000 You know, Oh, yeah, well, not only commission, but they also get a trail. They also, in, in some situations, they can actually 
um, call it set the set the margin, and 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 receive a margin of the interest of the interest for the Got term you. of the loan, ah, the car yard. So they might, okay, they might say this would normally be eleven percent for the thing. Well, we're going to make it. We'll say it's going to be thirteen percent. So okay. we'll pick up a two. We'll pick up two percent of the every single payment. Yeah, we'll, we'll like come as yeah, interest, yeah, yeah, correct. Sure. And yeah, that that it's all legal. That sort of thing happens. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, and then you're going, yeah, great, isn't it? You know, you you've got see, you're so conflicted. Mm. You are so conflicted, and your main th- your main purpose is to s- is to sell a car. Yeah. You know, it's not it's you know the yeah the finances yeah it's nice because we can if we can pick up some little trail. Trail commissions and yeah. bits and pieces on that, fantastic. But you know, no, you just want to sell a, the highest price car you can. And again, and unfortunately, again, it won't be for a lot of your listeners. But again, where, where it's the only place they'll be able to do it. Yeah, they don't have a choice. It's not as if they can look. I can go to the bank and, you know, again, would say, look, not a great debt to have, but yeah, okay, you might, you, you might yeah. need it for, you know, you might be a tradie or something. You do, you do need, you do need the vehicle. I can get a personal loan, but then I can get it on Trade Me for, you know, half yeah. the cost of what if I would go to the car yard? It's I'm I'm trapped. I've got I've got no negotiating power. Yeah, <laughs> no negotiating power whatsoever. Other than this friendly person is going to so help helpful. me get a car that I wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. Yeah. You know, well, aren't they wonderful people? Well, mate, you're out there doing absolute God's work, you know, volunteering, you're doing detective work, <laughs> you're doing counselling, and yeah. then helping with the mentoring in the financial space as well. But I just, again, there are a thousand financial mentors yeah. in this country. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a we, yeah, money, money talks, 0800 345 yeah. That gets you to, a, you know, will get you put in touch with a financial mentor. And this is, again, for anybody, available to anybody mm. in the country to do that. The Salvation Army has their own have their own financial mentors. Christians Against Poverty. There are you know a number of organisations out there, but yeah. but Money Talks is 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 the good one to just get through. And wherever you're located, they'll they'll link you up with with a budget service and a financial mentor to you know help out help out. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you seen Christians Against Poverty's course that they have that you can work through? I see something about maybe 15,000 or maybe 150,000 people have worked through it or something like that. I just wondered if maybe you'd seen I, that. I haven't, but I would, look, I'd say yeah. we work, when I say work closely, we've got, we've got some colleagues who are, who gotcha. are in Christians Against Poverty um, yep. and they do a fantastic job. They've, do, again, come back to the um, add-on insurance products. Christians Against Poverty did a fantastic um, paper on, on that and on car financing. In fact, no, it was the car financing generally that did, did a very good paper on that. And even the Commerce Commission did a very good paper on all these add-on insurance products, but they still haven't got anything out there to kind of ban them. They've they recognised it as a thing, but again, but legislation, the legislation hasn't come in. In places like Australia and, and the UK, they've just just knocked that stuff on the head and just said, this, wow. is, this is just a... This is just a rort, yeah. an absolute rort, um, and they've 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 killed a lot of it off. Yeah. We haven't got here yet on that. You know, we're we're still apart from buy now pay later. We're we're probably going to potentially be the first one to to really come down with some very good strict regulation of the schemes. Everything else, we've we've always been light years behind everybody else, yeah. and in terms of consumer protection. Yeah, well, you'll be hoping for a change in that space, mate. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving up your time and coming and giving us an insight as to uh, so many of these different topics that we've covered. Um, 
over the past hour and a half. So there's a, a, a <laughs> stack of content there, mate. And yeah, thank you again. And I'm sure if people do need to, you know, reach out, they'll be able to do that via Money Talks. Uh, and also, I think. There's a number of the principles in here that people can apply to their own lives, even if they're not in the position where they, you know, are at a deficit every week where they need to actually speak to a financial mentor, where they just actually need to go, you know what, I can notice some of those same patterns in my life and make sure that I don't get there uh, or tidy them up before I end up getting there. So thanks again, mate, and I'm sure we'll probably do this again in time. Pleasure. Yeah.